to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. We uh, continue on. Good stuff today. A lot of Brewers talk. Got some Packers talk coming up a little bit later on this afternoon. Talked a little bit about running backs and the devaluing of running backs in the National Football League a little while ago. Got into that discussion. Um, I got an email here. A couple of them, as a matter of fact. Uh, Trevor and Racine says, Unit, love the pictures of the new Cruiser. Can you show us the inside? Uh, I can. I will. Uh, I just haven't got to the inside. As a matter of fact, I didn't even really fully do the outside of the thing yet. I want to do a little bit of a, a different type of photo shoot, but uh, it, it, thank you very much. He says, can't agree more about Devin Williams. It seems that he's living by some luck. Too many wasted pitches. He also says, what about third base? The Brewers have been bad on the corners for a while now. Don't you need more power from the corners? That's Trevor in Racine. Third base, look, if you've got you can always add depth to your outfield. You can, you can and do need a first baseman on the daily, and third base can be a position you upgrade as well. Traditionally, it used to be your corner position and your catcher. Um, if you go, and I hate to say go back in the day, but if you go back in the day, third base, first base were your power corners, uh, left field, right field were your power corners, uh, and catcher. So that's where most of your power on your team came from. In today's day and age, everybody's gripping it and ripping it. Uh, Now you can get power from an outfielder, a shortstop, a second baseman. They're traditionally not your power hitters. Yes, you'd like to see more, specifically out of your first base position. But I think at this point in time, if you're the Brewers, you're just hoping for better batting average, guys and runners with runners in scoring position. You've got good team speed and good team defense. You just need to get more runners on base. Uh, but yeah, you're you're 100% correct. If if they can get a third baseman, they they'll do that. But I I think right now it's just you're looking for a bat, you're looking for a first baseman, you're looking for a DH, uh, and any bat you can possibly get that you can squeeze into the lineup. You know the old adage from David Stern's days was always, look, everybody's going to get their at bats. So I'm not worried about who starts that day. Everybody's going to get the at bats. It's just whether or not you produce when you have the opportunity at the at, at the plate. So. Um, yes, to answer your question, they could get all three and do extremely well, and I hope they do. I just think they're going to at least target an outfielder and a first baseman. But if you get a third baseman because that's all that's available, well, then so be it. Take it. Unit, uh, does Craig Council's contract or lack of ever get talked about in the clubhouse? That's Dale and Sheboygan. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think I don't think the players – right now really care about who is and isn't here next year. You know, I mean, maybe a guy or two that have a great relationship with Craig Council walks in and go, hey, Skip, you know, <laughs> keep thinking about next year, man. We'd love to keep you around. I, I, I Maybe I've just played for you or played for good managers, but I, I really enjoy playing here, whatever. I mean, maybe something like that happens. I'm only giving you a hypothetical. I'm not saying that, that that's happened, but maybe something like that has happened. But beyond that, I don't think so. I don't think anybody really talks about it. I think right now everybody knows what the situation is. You're in a pennant race. You don't have time to think about whether or not Craig Council will or will not sign a contract. Now, if suddenly, say, discipline becomes a problem, okay, and you're having issues in your own clubhouse guys really aren't paying attention to you and they look at you as kind of a lame duck manager and you're not going to be around next season and they know they can do whatever they want because who cares what your opinion is you're not even going to be here 
Okay, then it becomes an issue. Then it becomes something you're going to discuss. But right now, I no. I I can't see any reason for that really to be brought up or even heavily discussed. I mean, like I said, it can always be one of those shout-out kind of things saying, hey, Skip, I really enjoy playing for you. You know, I hope you're back next year, you know. I can see, you know, a big win, a come-from-behind win, something like you had the other night on Friday night where South Freelig just went off and the place is electric and everything's a buzz. And maybe somebody says, "Hey, this is the reason you want. This is the reason you want to stay, or something like that." But for the most part, no, not really. The only time the contract of a skipper or head coach or anybody like that comes into play is if you're coming into the last year, management doesn't know what they want to do, the team is not successful, or they're teetering. Then maybe you look at the manager or the head coach and you say, "You know what? You don't have any power here." I'm not playing for you. I'm playing for a general manager. I'm playing for other general managers. I'm not playing for you. Then it becomes an issue. But beyond that, no, it's not talked about. Not really talked about. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Our buddy Derek says, hey, Bill, comfortable in your own skin that sometimes the self-deprecating humor is relatable. Damn near spit on my coffee laughing with the comment about sitting naked with your watcher. <laughs> my youngest son is a watch collector as well, but I don't think he uh, languishes in the same manner. Are you in crisis? I could be. You never know. Just an FYI. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's the best way to appreciate the watch, and only the watch, is to wear nothing yes, but the watch. only the watch. There is nothing distracting you. If you're sitting around your house completely naked, wearing nothing but your watch, the only thing you have to concentrate on is your watch. Unless, of course, you have vinyl over the material of your couch, much like your grandma and grandpa used to do, then I can say, well, maybe you're sticking to the to the vinyl. But beyond that, you're good to go. You don't have plastic on your couch? <laughs> no, I don't. That, that's a good thing. No, I don't. I'd rather throw my couch away than, uh, than do that. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Uh, Dennis says, hey, Bill, um, do you think that Craig Council will want to stay if this team goes deep into the postseason. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I, I don't know if it's about wins and losses and success and the capability to have wins and losses. I, I just think it's about a lifetime spent playing baseball, managing baseball, being in baseball, and having a family and watching them grow up and – doing it from afar and maybe he just wants to talk with his wife and kids and everybody else and say hey you know what's what's what do you feel and then I'll tell you what I feel and then make a decision I beyond that I don't know I certainly don't think it's Mark Atanasio coming up on the short end of money you know maybe it is I mean I don't know maybe if Mark said hey I'm going to give you a lot more and Craig would say okay for that amount of money I'll stay you know, but you don't want him to stay for the money. You want him to stay because his heart's in it, and he believes the team can win, and there's a willingness to win, and you know, and he's, you know, energized and rejuvenated and ready to go, and that's what you want. But beyond that, uh, you know, um, money is a certainly a driving factor the day you walk through the door, but after that, it's got to be the job. You know, everybody looks at jobs, changes jobs, stays at jobs because of money. We all do. Everybody does. 
If you're in a really good situation, you're not really looking, you know. But if somebody comes along and says, you know, hey, I'll, I'll pay you this, which is so much more than what you're currently making, plus it's basically the same job or better, then you, then you jump. Or if you are contemplating retirement and you're, you're okay, you know, you're getting to the point where you're comfortable enough to retire, but somebody says, hey, I'll pay you a little bit more to come back for another year or two, chances are you probably look in that direction and go, yeah, money's going to be the starting factor as to whether or not I want to do this for the next two years. We'll have to wait and see. But for the most part, the money raises your eyebrow. How many times have we ever looked at a job and went, you know, somebody's offering me a job. By the way, it's 20 grand less and it's more work and it's going to be more stress on me, my life, my family. I would assume you're not taking that job, right? So I think it's I think it's all up to Craig Council at this point as to whether or not he wants to come back, but I don't think anybody's really talking about it. Just FYI. Um, Adam says, uh, hey, Bill, do you think that the Packers are also looking at Jordan Love saying this has to be your year, or do you think this is going to be a multi-year project? Uh, and it goes on and on. There's a lot of statistics here going back to when Aaron Rodgers first started and you had to give him at least three years under center. What, let me let me let me stop you here, Adam. The it's not a project. He's been in the system now for four years. They're expecting a certain level of performance out of him. And in essence, this is a one year audition. He got paid they when they redid that contract and extended him, they gave him more money up front this year for him to kind of show his wares and made it capable that if they decide to move on after this year or maybe they don't want to renew him or extend him, that they could then, in essence, go after another quarterback and find someone else to take over or, at the very least, create competition in camp next year. And then if they want to move on from Jordan Love, they can. It's a different scenario than Aaron Rodgers. It just is. You knew, you just could see it in Aaron Rodgers behind closed doors. You could, you could just tell. There was just a different vibe about that guy. And Jordan Love comes in with probably more inquiring skepticism. You know, Ron Wolf traded for Brett Favre because he, he believed. He was like, this is the guy. Trust me, this is the guy. I know you see a lot of weirdness right now, but that guy's got a rocket of an arm. He's got the heart of a lion. He's a winner. I'm gonna I, that that guy when he gets his chance, he's gonna take it and never let it go. And that's exactly what happened. When Ted Thompson had Aaron Rodgers fall into his lap, Brett had already kind of wavered, kind of wavered a little bit. I don't know if I want to come back or play two more years or three more years or whatever. So we're gonna hedge our bets. We had a talent like this fall into our lap. Ted looked at him and said. That guy's the real deal. And if I had to take and if I had the first overall pick in the draft, I wouldn't have taken Smith. I would have taken Rodgers. And Ted stuck to that. And then when Rodgers had his opportunity and you know Favre wavered one too many times, out he went. This situation's different. I think they like Jordan Love. They saw something in Rodgers that gave them pause for concern and they made a move not realizing what that move would trigger. And they were hedging their bets, but they weren't 
it wasn't like they were saying, you know what? Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future. He's going to be the next Hall of Famer. Here, here we go. That wasn't it. This was like, here's the, the best available at the time. We believe that we can develop this guy, put him behind Rodgers, and watch him grow because his his ceiling, they believe, was probably pretty high. And instead, it, in, it incited a, a three-year drama-filled back and forth that I don't think anybody really saw coming. And now they're not even positive he's the guy. They've said everything right. That, you know, hey, believe he's ready to start. We believe he can get the job done. He's been indoctrinated into this system. He knows it. He's this. He's confident. He's, he's, he's winging it. I mean, all these other things, the one thing they don't know is if the guy can win. Can he go out and win? Can he win your games? You know, because if he's going to throw three errant passes a game that are going to be picked off, then he's nothing more than, you know, Jay Cutler 2.0. You know, so I don't think they really know at this point. So they hedge their bets a little bit, and rightfully so. Now it's the pressure's on Jordan Love. But you know what? If you're a quarterback in the National Football League and you're a young guy like Jordan Love, you're probably saying to everybody around you, bring it. My guys believe in me. At least my guys have my back right now. Whether or not they believe in me, I don't know. But at least they like me. They want to work with me. They want to help me. They want to help me elevate myself. You know, I'm ready for that. I, I can handle this. They got my back right now. I think we can all work together and make this thing work. So bring on the pressure. That's fine. You know, as long as he plays within himself, as long as he's not trying to do Aaron Rodgers things or Brett Favre things, just play within yourself. And see where the where the chips fall. That's all. That's all I think Jordan Love needs to do. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Find us. We would love to hear from you. Hey, our friends at Kemp's. They'd love to hear from you. K e m p s. Kemp's dot com. Go to Kemp's dot com. Click on careers at the bottom of the page. They're in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Long time in Cedarburg since nineteen fourteen. They have been supplying the dairy cases at all of our local grocery stores with a lot of stuff. With a lot of fine fu- stuff that we find uh, on our tables. So head to Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com, if you want to work for a long time, stable company, and maybe not just a job, but a career, click on the term careers right there at the bottom of the page, and maybe they will be calling you today to say, hey, come on in, let's uh, let's talk, or maybe let's do a Teams meeting and an interview right over the computer or wherever it is you may meet. But check out our friends at Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. Click on careers at the bottom of the page. That's K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. for some uh, plumbers and HVAC uh, people, but also they are right now uh, specializing in some of the primary services, uh, whether it's you, maybe you've got a water heater that's about ready to go on a blink, or maybe it's just not doing the job anymore. They do water heat, uh, heater replacement and repair. They do some uh, reverse osmosis systems, sewer and drain cleaning. 
There's new construction, too. That's the big thing. New construction, remodeling, septic systems, outside faucets, repair and replacement. And uh, if you're looking for a lot of that different garage heaters, by the way, uh, I know that uh, that's one of the things that I had done recently in my garage because I store the motorcycle and such in there. So I wanted the garage heated specifically for the wintertime. They do in-floor heat installations as well. So... A lot of different stuff that our friends at Every Plumbing and Heating do, and they were uh, founded by a Korean War veteran, Clayton Every, back in 1969, third generation. And if you either want to work with a company uh, or work for the company, regardless, call them at 608-783-2803, 608-783-2803. But some of the things that you may not realize for Every Plumbing and Heating that you could go to, you could go to. Uh, like I said, new construction, remodeling. Uh, in many different facets of what it is they do. That's our friends at Every Plumbing and Heating and Air Conditioning. They do that as well. So get a hold of them right there in uh, La Crosse and Trampolo counties, Monroe County, uh, and all over that area. So good stuff out there. 877-867-1670, Ryan says, I think the biggest thing is Rodgers didn't win games last year when he had the chance. They had to move on with Rodgers' indecision and playing the Packers, in my opinion. Um, yeah, that that's a, a really honest assessment. There were times when Aaron, you know, you look at the, the, the Detroit game, he didn't win that ball game. You look at the Lions game, he didn't win that ball game. Go back to the game against San Francisco in the postseason, he didn't win that ball game. And that wasn't like it was some kind of a, um, you know, a scoring juggernaut. The, he couldn't move the offense. Um, and whether you want to blame it on play calling or Rodgers or decision-making from the head coach in certain areas, wh- whatever, we know the special team sucked going back to that game, but the offense didn't do a damn thing. The defense played their hearts out. It has been a while since we – I mean, you go back to, the say, the Cowboys game last year and – the offense was pretty much firing on all cylinders at that point. I mean, they dominated that game. But it's been a while since the offense really ran well consistently. And I think that made the decision to finally move on a little bit easier. I still think, you know, sitting here today, that Rodgers gives you the best chance to win. And I still think after the doubt that was put out there last year and everything that had gone on, that Rodgers is going to have a very good season this year. But at some point, the back and forth, you know, you just finally move on from it. You know you're going to have to anyway. You know there's only anywhere from two to three years left, right? So if you believe you have a legitimate shot at winning a Super Bowl, I don't think you make that move. But if you feel like the time is right, while there's still enough veteran play around to help a young guy gain confidence, then maybe that's what it is you do. You know, maybe you just make the move and say, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and and change things here a little bit. And it's time to move on from a guy that we're going to eventually move on from anyway. So maybe you'd rather cut your losses a year too early than two years too late. I I don't know. But we know we're about to find out, right? We're only a couple of days away from all of this getting going for real. And everybody reporting, uh, veterans and such, have until tomorrow. And they're showing up. Rookies are already there. 
going through their classwork, going through their meetings, hitting the uh, hitting the weight room, fine tuning whatever it is they need to work on, and then they start sweating their asses off out in that hundred degree heat come uh, come Wednesday and Thursday. So it's about time too. I'm I'm yeah. a little tired of dealing in the hypothetical, Bill. We talked about uh, the Big Bang theory last week. I think yeah. Sheldon was a hypothetical physicist. I- I'm done uh-huh. talking about the hypotheticals with Lafleur and Jordan Love. I need some actual. Right. At the very least, I need a practice to talk about. I need something concrete. How, how much do you think the, and I, I say the media, but we're in it, but how much do you think the media, the fans, the writers, uh, all of them hang on every pass that Jordan Love throws in training camp? Hmm. Well, first of all, Bill, the media starts with me, so that that's okay. We can we can yes. selfishly hang on every pass. We hung on every pass Rodgers through the last couple of years, and we knew what Rodgers was. Well, here's the thing, though, and that's a good point. We hung on every pass that was errant that Rodgers threw. Yeah. Because it was so unnatural and, uh, you know, unsightly and, and not something that was of the norm. So when he would throw one or two or three interceptions, it was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, that this doesn't happen with Aaron Rodgers. So with everything that Jordan Love does, whether it's a great pass over the top to Christian Watson, because we're going to talk about the relationship between him and Watson, or lack thereof, him and Dobbs. We're going to talk about the the wobble passes that he throws and rollouts and all that kind of stuff. We're gonna, everything's going to be analyzed and overanalyzed. And the one thing that people are going to also wait for for the secondary uh, headline to be is, oh, by the way, the defense did this or didn't do that. Secondary is getting burned, playing too much zone, not doing this, not doing that. Who, you know, and we're going to be looking. I, I was even this morning, I'm listening to a discussion about the Packers and about how good they could or couldn't be. And they don't even hang it on Jordan Love. A lot of them were hanging it on Joe Barry. I mean, the word is out. Joe Barry, that's a hot, 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 hot seat for Joe Barry if he doesn't perform this year. So I think there's going to be a lot of analyzation this year. It's not going to be one of these, oh, by the way, let's just see what happens, even though that's what the regular season is going to end up being. I think it's going to be we're going to analyze the hell out of every pass, everything that Jordan Love does, and every move the defense makes. I think it's going to get just shredded this year in every different direction. It'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> and Mike and Mike will break it all down for us, and, and we'll we eat it all up like, like a dog at his bowl. I can't wait. Yep. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, speaking of Mike, Mike's going to join us coming up about an hour from now, so stay tuned for that. Also, we're going to hear from Mark Murphy as uh, many of the entities addressing the crowd today at the shareholders meeting and talking about what's going on in Green Bay and the acquisition of Fomation, which is the company that makes the cheese heads, the Green Bay Packers, if you're just tuning us in, the Green Bay Packers bought the company. So no longer do they have to pay the royalties to somebody else. They're now putting it in their own pockets. So the Packers making that announcement a little bit earlier today. So we're going to hear all of that coming up here shortly. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's something that I can't wait for. You know, the start of training camp, man, it, it's not only is it stuff to talk about and, and the Packers and the NFL reign supreme, but this year more than most, and I think I say it every year, but I this year more than most I think is a very pivotal year in franchise history. So I this this is a big one, no without a doubt. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Find us. Reminder, coming up on Sunday, September 3rd, we can't do it without you. Please come out and join us. And if you see it right now over on your screen, please scan the QR code and get signed up. If you ride a motorcycle, if not, tell somebody who does. 
Uh, it's the 16th annual poker run benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. All the information is at Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. defense 12 men on the off oh because the fans i never got what that meant yeah. before. so you got to read between the lines the lyrics they're yeah. rich and meaningful bill i got you there you go the g-force it sounds mean i'll say that scares me boy <laughs> uh, so you dumb. know what and somewhere there is a writer who put all the music together for this and worked his ass off at the request and behest of the Green Bay Packers who did anything and everything he possibly could to make this a success. It just was a just, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, I feel the G4s. <laughs> so the funniest thing I ever heard when it came to the G-Force and they play that song and there was uh, a, a friend of mine had come to, uh, he lives out in LA and he wanted to come to Lambo. And uh, so I brought him to the Rams game. Uh, or was it the Rams game? God, I think it was, a, uh, boy, it was a couple years ago. And this was when this thing was still being played. And uh, <laughs> in the section he was in, I went down before the game and the game's getting ready to start, and they're going through all the pre-stuff ceremonies and everything. And I said, hey, i got to get back up to the press box. I'm going to, you know, get in there. But I stayed down with him at least through the kickoff of the game, and they played this song. And then the whole crowd, like, around him, there's, like, 15 guys or whatever. They're yelling G-Spot. <laughs> and I thought, okay, when you get made fun of in that aspect, okay, it's just this is not working. G-Spot. 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 It's like, Jeez, oh, my Bob. God, you got to be kidding me. So I thought right then and there, okay, this this thing needs to, to, to stop. It's got to be dead. So there you go. Oh, man, good stuff. Um, let's see here. Uh, this is <laughs> Well, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's go to the phone calls uh, because um, we, we've, we've got uh, Chris listening to us in Brookfield. Chris, how you doing today, man? What's going on? I hate to interrupt your giggle fest there, Bill. Uh, <laughs> well, every now and then it happens. you got to have it, right? So Monday, you right. be able to laugh, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, think, uh, I don't think the organization is going to have as many uh, expectations with Jordan Love his first year as people are saying. I, I mean, for people to think that Jordan Love is going to step in and be this, this – uh, Aaron Rodgers-like Hall of Fame quarterback-style quarterback his first year is just totally ridiculous. you got to have your head in the sand if you think that's even going to come close. I mean, Rodgers had took three years when, before he really started to blossom into being and who he turned out to be, and he started off with Driver and Jennings and uh, 
a tight end position that was hosted by veterans. So, mm-hmm. I mean, anything other than that is ridiculous. And I think if Jordan Love can make two passes that Aaron Rodgers, one, sucked at, and two, never made, and that's a throw to the running back, even on pick plays that aren't supposed to fall, Rodgers, when he throws to Jones, how many times do we see Jones have to reach behind him at his ankles? Rodgers could never throw it to the running back coming out of the backfield. And he can never throw it to the guy who was two yards past the first down marker because he would either check him off, not see him, and throw the ball 15, 20 yards down the field. If Love can make those two passes consistently and accurately, I think they'll be. I think the Packers will be better off. Well, let me ask you this, Chris. What do you expect out of Jordan Love? Because this is, in essence, a one-year kind of an audition. So what? So just those passes he has to make, in your opinion, for him to be considered a quarterback of the future? Or And I, I agree with you. I don't think you can expect Hall of Fame quarterback play. That's not what I'm looking for. But there's got to be something there that they're looking for that they may or may not believe in to, instead of giving him what he needed monetarily in a longer-term contract. It's basically on a one-year deal to find out if he's got it or not. Uh, I'm looking for the kid to be consistent. I'm looking to, to make sure that when we say, oh, what the hell did the quarterback do, that it wasn't the receiver who ran the wrong route or dropped the ball, that you can't put that on, on the quarterback. But none of us are going to know that because we're just sitting there saying, hey, what happened there? Because we don't know what exactly was called. I'm looking for steady improvement from game one to the end of the season. And if this kid gets six or seven wins with three rook- three sophomore wide receivers and a bunch of rookies and tight ends that everybody thinks are going to do great, I'm sorry, but the tight end position is awfully hard for a rookie to come in and be the spotlight tight end that's a tough position to learn how to block mm-hmm. team plus his route running so and i think the packers know that they're gonna have to sign jordan love for a second year before they before they really see the full potential just like the cincinnati had to wait two years on burrow packers had to wait two three years on rogers you had to wait two years or so for kansas city but i think with the young establishment the young talent and the young quarterback uh, look at Kansas City's quarterback. They got rid of some of their older players, and he worked with the young guys, and they still won a Super Bowl last year. They didn't have all super marquee players. He was a young quarterback that learned how to work with the young receivers, and I think that's going to help Green Bay in the long run. No, I, I, I would agree with you. I appreciate the phone call. I would agree with you. I, I, and I'm not saying that they're looking for Hall of Fame quarterback play or anything equaling what Rodgers did. I think a lot of it is what you just stated. They're looking for consistency, and they want to see if he can win. I, I, I They want to see if he can win. That's it. If he can win. If he can, bring, if, if he can win a game, if he can lead his team to a win, if he shows the moxie, if he shows accuracy, all that stuff. You know, I, I don't necessarily think that they're looking for him to come out and throw for 320 yards consistently and, you know, three touchdowns and no picks and, you know, this incredible completion percentage and run the ball. And I don't think they're looking for that dynamicness. I think they just want to see if what they've seen in practice, while at times is good and at times is bad, but can he win? You know, all the rhetoric about, well, he's ready to play. Well, he's ready to be a starter in the National Football League. And this and that, that's all fine. But if you go out and you can't lead men and you don't win, now, again, it depends on how you would lose. 
But if you're not winning games and leading your your unit, at least, to success on the continuum, I mean, it's one thing if Joe Barry's defense is giving it up left and right. Okay, there's nothing you can do about that. But if you are if you are having more than, you know, more often than not success on your side of the football, then, yeah, I would say that he's earning himself another shot. But, you know, if we're as fans, and, and again, and Chris says we're about to find out over on the live stream, 100% agree, but you and I are both going to know. We'll look at this and we'll say the eyeball test says, and we'll all know it, right? We'll all know it. We'll all get a sense of it. Uh, Jason says, Bill, you want to talk about the Packers' G spot? I live down by Janesville and on our way to Green Bay for the games. It's a normal drive till we get to just south of the stadium and we see uh, coming up off of north on 41. And when we see the giant G, the logo on the stadium spot, you know it's getting real. It's about to go, go down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're, it's true. It's true. Okay. G-spot. <laughs> the G-spot. G-spot. Ah, uh, that's funny. And I know other people have used that before. I'm not using anything that's, you know, completely original here. So just as long as we're clear on that. Uh, but I did find it extremely funny. I don't know why, but I still giggle like an idiot school kid. Um, Tommy says, uh, hey, guys, uh, two things. One, uh, does Jordan Love make the quick, short passes and go to the open receiver? If he does, he's already a step ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers always hung onto the ball, hung onto the ball, patted it, patted it, patted it, and then finally threw it away. If he can just hit the open receiver, we're going to be far better off. Secondly, have you heard the on any of the Brewers' pitchers as to when they are going to come back? Um... Well, the good news was that Brandon Woodruff made his first rehab game appearance. Uh, he was with the Timber Rattlers and threw 32 pitches. I think it was three innings, and he was topping 97 miles an hour. So they want to build him up so he can come back, and that's, like, huge news. So they want to build him up so they can come back and uh, rejoin the Brewers' uh, starting rotation. So, and they're going to maybe three, four rehab starts for him. And then, you know, it could take a little bit longer, but that would put him back about maybe mid-August, something like that. So that was good news. Aaron Ashby uh, came back to Milwaukee uh, for a check-in, and the Brewers also, they're going to build him up. Uh, from what I understand, he could end up being like a reliever, uh, which could then expedite his return because then you're not having to go Five, six, seven innings. You just go an inning or two if necessary. And he's, you know, up to, I think it's, if I read correctly, was it 30-something pitches and feeling good. Uh, then the lefty, Justin Wilson, has been in AAA for uh, quite some time now. He's made, I think, he's been making relief appearances. I don't know how many he's made, but he's thrown some innings. And all three of these guys, um, you know, uh, with uh, Justin Wilson, Ashby, and Woodruff, uh, all three of these guys look to be coming back in the next two to three weeks, maybe. So together, uh, so that uh, that's huge news. You know, knock on wood, nothing happens, and no elbow injuries, no chest, pectorals, strains, necks, you know, obliques, none of that stuff. So hopefully uh, they're good. But that's where things stand right now, as far as far as the Brewers go, which is like I said, great news. Um, 
Real quick, uh, Chris in Fort Myers, Florida, listening to the program, said, I think that the Brewers are going to be the team to beat in the division. I do like Cincinnati's offensive firepower. I just think that they're not going to be able to find enough arms out there to uh, stop the bleeding when it comes to what their pitching staff is giving up. That That's, uh, Chris, and thanks for listening to us in Fort Myers. That's the problem that they're having in Cincinnati is that they're losing games 11 to 10. They're hitting the hell out of the baseball. That, that's, an, that's an offensive juggernaut. They just... They their their pitching staff's not good. Their bullpen is not good. So and they haven't had as much consistency. Abbott's been fantastic, but for the most part, that the consistency there, specifically out of that starting rotation, hasn't been um, hasn't been stable. I guess might be the best way to put it. It's been you know all or nothing. And then when you turn it over to the bullpen, the bullpen hasn't been good. And the bullpen's running into problems because they don't throw strikes consistently. Even the bullpen arms get up there, and then they're unusable for certain days. So that's been part of their problem more often than not. So good stuff. Uh, Don't forget, coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk with Mike Clemens live in Green Bay. Mike's there today for the shareholders meeting, and then Mike is going to be camping out, and he's going to be there all through training camp. So we're looking forward to all the reports. Mike will be back with us uh, starting this week. So we are all back on track. The the band is back together, uh, and uh, we're going to start getting all of our reports and reporters from Green Bay to give us their perspective as the Green Bay Packers uh, get, you know, the onset of training camp. And then, obviously, Tomorrow, again, we're going to have our buddy uh, Chuck Freeman's going to be here. We're going to talk some Brewers baseball. Uh, we'll be talking about the, the the wrapping up of game one of the Brewers-Reds series. Here comes Cincinnati into town. So uh, we're going to get into all of that coming up tomorrow and even more baseball coverage coming up as well. So we got a lot of good stuff happening right here in our own backyard. And it's uh, we're through the, the nondescript doldrums of summer now, and we're moving into the, I hate to say the late summer, but for lack of a better term, the late summer and obviously everything that goes on in the fall and winter. So we're really looking forward to it. A lot of good stuff. Uh, real quick, let's go back to the phone calls. Talk to Pete and Appleton. Pete, welcome to the program, man. What's happening? Bill, how are you doing today? Good. Okay, what's up? So, for, so first of all, you know, you get these callers that call up and talk about, you know, Aaron Rodgers when he first started, you know, that he wasn't, you know, a great quarterback and it took three years for him to develop that was when he was sitting the bench behind Brett Favre. His first three years were phenomenal for a starting quarterback. His mm-hmm. first two years alone, he threw for over 8,000 yards, had 58 touchdowns, and 20 interceptions. And they only got better from there. So when you call up and you're going to say, well, it took Aaron Rodgers three years to develop into what he was, you better go back and take a look. You're just thinking that's what happened. And it's not really what happened. The reason that team didn't win in his first year was because that defense was a pathetic sieve that mm-hmm. gave up lead after lead, or they would have been in the playoffs that year too. So right. that's all I got for you today, Bill. Just no, you know, appreciate trying it, man. to point out the fact that Aaron Rodgers was damn good his first three years in the league. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's all I got no, for I you today, man. Have a good one. All right, buddy, talk to you later. Yeah, um, he's right, because Aaron Rodgers, if I'm not mistaken, threw for just over 4,000 yards his first year. I think it was close to 30 touchdowns and I think 13 picks, if I'm if I'm not, not off base here. And he, he had a good group of guys to throw to. And everybody wants to look at the record and uh, of the team that year. But he played all 16 games the first Played every game he should have started in his first three, four years, I think. And he only got better. 
it was, I think, his third year, the year they actually won the Super Bowl. He didn't throw for 4,000 yards. He threw for, like, 3,900. But he was good out of the shoot. You know, there were some errant passes, no doubt, because the completion percentage uh, started off a little bit slow. I think it was a little bit below, God, I can't remember. It was below 65. It was maybe 62 or 63%. But he was, he made, but see, he gave you wow moments. And you knew it. You're like, wow, okay, this is the reason Ted Thompson made the move. You knew that. You saw that. And he was very protective of the football. He wasn't going to turn it over. And so for people to act like he, oh, well, he started off slow and he had all these great receivers. Well, wait a minute. He still had close to 30 touchdowns. He had only 10, 12, 13 picks and threw for 4,000 yards. So it wasn't like he had some kind of a chump change kind of year. I mean, the guy had a hell of a year for his first year. And in a couple of years, he had won a Super Bowl. So, you know, I... I, I I don't there, – there's a standard there. So to say, well, all he's got to do, all Jordan Love has to do is play like Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty high bar, man, without a doubt. There's a lot of revisionist history from 2005 to 2008. I think a lot of Packer fans remember those couple of years the way they want to remember those few mm-hmm. years. And that kind of colors how they feel about the transition now from Rodgers to Love. I just – I don't know. Taking a lot of calls, people remember – the transition from Favre to Rogers in a lot of different ways. And I don't know that we're entirely honest with ourselves all the time when we remember what we saw or what we said in yeah. 2008. Well, you also look at it as, you know, the year prior, it was a pretty good season. They went to an NFC championship game and why couldn't Aaron Rodgers do that? And people tend to forget that the defense that following year was not that good. They were, a, they were a pretty bad defense and, they were getting rid of a few aging players. They were starting over in some areas, and it wasn't until it all kind of came together uh, a couple of years down the road, and they finished solidifying the offensive line, and you had some injuries up front, and finally you had, uh, you know, uh, when when uh, Mark Tauscher ended up going down, you had a guy like Brian Balaga stepped right in. You never missed a beat. You were able to, you know, fortify the depth of that team. So it took a couple of years. But, yeah, it's uh, people tend to re- kind of forget how good he was right out of the shoot. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show, another hour yet to go. Hang in there. And uh, we're going to get uh, back at it coming up in the next hour. Mike Clement's is going to be joining us. Uh, you've got the shareholders meeting going on today up in Green Bay. Uh, really kind of the, the news, uh, I guess, that broke a little bit earlier today was the fact that the Packers actually bought Fomation, which is the company that makes the cheese heads. So that was one of the things that came out of all of this. I'm sure there's going to be some other things that are stated and we will hear uh, from Mike coming up here at the uh, the bottom of the next, most likely the bottom of the next hour. And we'll hear from what's uh, from Mike, what's going on in Green Bay, and all that kind of good stuff. So we got another hour of the program yet to go. Um, and I also remind you, and I, I've been talking about this for for some time now, but uh, the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September third. If you can join us, if you're a motorcyclist or know somebody who is, please all the information. 
You can scroll around and find it. It's on Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Or a lot of the bars, restaurants all throughout the Milwaukee area have posters. You can walk in and scan the QR code in many of these different places and uh, and go right to the pre-registration and get all signed up for it. But uh, we can't help uh, our veterans, our military members, or their families without you. So please, it benefits Fisher House, Wisconsin, and uh, which obviously we're huge supporters of on this program. So please, please go ahead and uh, get signed up or pass it along to somebody who can help us and ride along with us and enjoy the day with us because uh, we, uh, we need all we can get. Need all we can get. Uh, another hour yet to go. Hang in there. Whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next.